Welcome to the Free Speech Nation podcast with me, Andrew Doyle. I'm delighted to be joined by my guest, Graeme Linehan, who's one of the most successful sitcom writers of all time. He's, of course, the creator and writer-director of the award-winning sitcom The It Crowd and the co-creator of Black Books and Father Ted. He's also written for Brass Eye and Count Arthur Strong and The Fast Show. Of late, he's become embroiled in the debates surrounding gender identity, ideology and trans issues, which has transpired to be quite toxic, shall we say. He's been banned from Twitter, uh, for instance, even had a visit from the police. Uh, So now he's now writing a uh, Substack website, which he updates daily, called The Glinner Update. So it's well worth checking that out. Graham, thank you so much for joining me. No worries, thank you for asking me. Obviously, as I said, this is a very toxic debate, and I think a lot of people don't understand very much about it, and I think in particular, they don't understand your involvement and what has happened to you. So I think before we get into all the ins and outs of it, it might be quite useful to go back a while, because the first time we interacted, actually, we had a bit of a spat on Twitter, didn't we? Yeah, well, I was was, was a a holy warrior for the left uh, (laughs) at a time when I... When I when I kind of um, felt that the left were, you know, they were right on everything, and not just right, but morally right, mm. and I thought that they came from a place of being anti-homophobia, anti-sexism, all these things, um, and then and then this happened, and and all those kind of um, uh, all those certainties that I had yes. were com- completely crumbled. Yes. No. Well, this was about the time of Gamergate, and I think um, a lot of people don't really know what that is. <laughs> it might, yeah. be, might be worth well, giving us a bit of a background. I, I, you know, I don't think anyone really has a full understanding of Gamergate because it was so many different things, mm. and, and it looked different uh, in a kind of Rushman way from whatever angle you looked at it. Yeah. Um, but, but there was a very, very large part of Gamergate uh, that was about trying to drive women offline. Yes. And there was also a large part of it that was to do with impersonating women. Yeah. Impersonating women and pretending that um, your opinions are those of a woman. Yes, yes. And that was used to undermine people and, and, and there was a, it was all smoke and mirrors. There was yeah. lots of weird stuff going on. And I remember seeing women being piled on and thinking, you know, and, and I just never liked it. I never liked bullying, you know, especially of women. Um, uh, Debbie Hayton, a friend of mine, says um, these are the worst kind of bullies. The bullies, even the other bullies, hated. Uh, the bullies are bully girls. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and um, and I just it just got my back up, you know. Um, and one thing that I liked, I think there was a there was a there was something called Operation Lollipop, where all these right wing guys pretended to be black women. Yeah, and they tweeted out a thing: End Father's Day, right? right. Yeah. So it was like a a satire of woke. Uh, uh, stuff like Titania. Yes. Um, uh, but it was it was kind of weaponized and people were joining in with it, people were falling for it and so yeah. on. And I thought this was terrible, you know. But then the left started doing it. Right, okay. And the left, but the left, after Gamergate, like when I thought, oh, that was brilliant, we saw, we saw them off. Yeah. But I just noticed, noticed that it was happening again, but the left were doing so it. So I think it's a lot of people, because you know, only 20% of the country are on Twitter, so yes. they, they see all these kind of things as going on on the fringes of the internet and all of these debates. But actually what's happened now is that a lot of these debates are breaking out into the mainstream, and, and yeah. we are all, we're all it's kind of facing them, whether we like it or not, these days. Well, I noticed it, that you, you have uh, unisex toilets here at GB News. We do. That's, that's probably, a, um, uh, that's probably you know, this trickle-down advice that everybody he thinks is um, uh, incredibly uh, um, diverse and so on. But, 
you know, if a woman who has, if, if, if a woman's being interviewed who's been sexually assaulted and can't be near men, that unisex toilet is a, is a problem for her, you yeah. know? And it's that type of thing that is kind of, kind of trickled into institutions all over the UK. Um, I mean, you know, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds early on, but it's, but, but that's essentially because Stonewall has been giving institutions all over the UK, um, misleading advice yeah. as to the nature of the law. Now, we will definitely get on to, to Stonewall and to and to all of this. I think a lot of people don't really understand what, what is meant by gender identity ideology. Yeah. Uh, and I think um, what people think, when they, when they think of trans people, they think of what we used to call transsexuals, as in someone who is so uh, uncomfortable in their body that they feel they have to present in a different way or have surgery uh, to change themselves, yeah. which is obviously not an easy path to take. It's painful, no. it's expensive, it's, you know. And, and, and not to be taken lightly. And this yeah. is gender dysphoria. But I think when it comes to gender identity ideology, this is something different, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, one of the big problems at the moment, and one of the reasons I think that the initial reaction to me speaking about this was so intense, is because I think a lot of people think that uh, what's being discussed are transsexuals. Mm -hmm. And of course, the truth is that, um, I, and also, sorry, to, to go back to Stonewall, um, they, they the, the protected characteristics are sex and gender reassignment, mm -hmm. right? Gender reassignment very specifically uh, protects transsexuals. But Stonewall have been telling everyone in the country, including the police, the NHS, uh, uh, the 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 uh, IPSO, the Press Standards Organization, um, that the protected characteristic is actually uh, um, gender identity. Yeah. Not gender reassignment. Gender identity. Yes. In other words, that protects everyone who just says, uh, completely, uh, you know, self declaration. Who just says, I'm, 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 you know, if, if they're a woman, I'm a man. Yes. That person in Stonewall's eyes is now a man and must be treated. As such. And the idea of gender identity, which I've mentioned before because I interviewed Helen Joyce about this, she puts it as a kind of sexed soul, the idea that we all have an innate gender identity which has nothing to do with our bodies. Now, this isn't quite the same as gender dysphoria, is it? It's not? Uh, no, gender dysphoria is an intense, uh, you know, hatred of your, of your uh, sex body. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, in extreme cases, therapists will recommend to people to do something about mm -hmm. it, you know? But having said that, it's still not, you know, I think even a lot, a lot of people who've been through the process, I know, for instance, a lot of trans men uh, who are forming together to talk about this because they're very worried about the young women who are suddenly identifying as trans and having these procedures. Um, but it often doesn't alleviate distress, yeah. you know? In fact, suicidal ideation has been found to increase sometimes, you yeah. know? So it's a very, very serious thing that cannot be taken lightly. Yes. And yet in America, I believe there's crowdfunding going on for double mastectomies for 30,000 young women. Really? Yeah. I mean, this has escalated very, very quickly. It's it? hard to find the exact numbers, but, but there's, if you do a search for, for, for uh, double mastectomy or top surgery, you'll get those kinds of figures. So because so few people have been able to have the discussion about this, because whenever the discussion is raised, people are accused of being transphobic or hateful or this kind of thing. And women in particular who are concerned about their spaces, you mentioned the unisex toilet, that yeah. kind of thing, that women are concerned about that, are immediately dismissed as what they say is TERFs, trans-exclusionary radical feminists, Yes, which is a slur now. A it's turf. a slur, and it's important to remember one, one very important reason why it's a slur mm. and why it can only be understood as a slur. 
because women who uh, women do not these radical feminists they do not exclude trans men from their feminism. They right. include trans men in their feminism because they say that you are women. Your struggles are important to us. We want to help you. Yes. So they're not trans exclusionary. They're male exclusionary, and right. that's very different. And that more than anything else, is what gets these activists so angry. It's the anger of boys who are not allowed in the treehouse, in the girls' treehouse. And this is what you know? got you in trouble on Twitter originally, isn't it? Because you said, can we stop calling women turfs? Was yeah. that right? Yeah. And, and what happened when you... When was this? Well, that was my first crime, you know. That okay. was God, When was that? That was about four years ago now. Right. And I had, I, I was, I was coming, I had a, a spot of cancer that was very easily taken care of. Um, and I, I saw that... I think what really pushed me over the edge was I had campaigned for uh, abortion rights in Ireland. Yes. And then when, when Irish women won that particular fight, Amnesty Ireland, who I had campaigned with, released a tweet saying, a huge victory for pregnant people. Mm -hmm. And that's the moment where I th just started to see red because I thought, my, my wife isn't a pregnant person. She's a woman, you know. Um, and, and, and I found, I, I started to notice this kind of dehumanizing language slipping in everywhere. I saw the, the comedian Carrie Ed Lloyd called women bleeders in one, uh, in one tweet. And um, uh, cervix havers started slipping into... Yeah, menstruators is another Menstruators and cervix havers, all these dehumanizing terms. And, and then at the same time, you've got this weird argument they have where they say, you're reducing people to their genitals and their body, body functions, when that's exactly what they're doing to women. Yeah. Calling a woman a menstruator... Can you imagine anything more dehumanizing? But it's seen as the height of uh, inclusion yes. to, to do. And, 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 it, and to me, it just shows that women are, are so um, uh, little thought of. Yeah. It doesn't even register as a problem to them. Well, like, they don't do it to men. They don't call men prostate havers. No. And they don't, they don't, whereas sometimes you see women with an X instead of the E. Yeah. You don't see men with an X instead of the E. Never. And Never. It's it, interesting. It, Andrew, I, I genuinely mean this. It's a war on women. It is a war on women. And it's being, it's being done in a kind of um, under, underhanded, uh, um, uh, evasive, um, dishonest way. You know? yeah. You'll notice, I mean, we were talking about this, you'll notice that you know, our ideological opponents, they will never talk to us. They will, you know, I've been smeared by The Guardian over and over again by the independents and the metro they could they could interview me the way you are but they never do mm. because they know that my positions are completely uh, reasonable yes. you know i think a lot of people will be interested to know though how you who are you know a comedy writer well-known figure uh, gets involved with something which is so uh, far removed from your craft and what you do for a living and 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 so can you just talk through how that happened well as i say in the early days just saying stop bullying these women yeah. was enough to get me called a bigot. Yes. So once one person calls you a bigot, then, you know, I, I'm not going to take that from people. I'm not going to accept that. So it became not just a, 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 a kind of um, thing about defending these women. It also became, def you know, defending my career, defending and, and, my good name. And you yourself, know? I mean, it's interesting, you know, that when I check on Wikipedia, it calls you an anti-transgender campaigner. Do you want to respond to that? What do you think of that? Well, you know, I mean, I long ago stopped looking at Wikipedia because Wikipedia is edited by the same types of people who, you know, like I'll give you an example, uh, uh, Maya Forstadter, mm -hmm. whose decision recently was absolutely ground, you know, shaking. Yes. Um, uh, when it was her, her, it was upheld that her beliefs were protected. 
Um, and this is the woman, the, the tax expert, who yes. lost her job because she, uh, well, claimed that biology, biology... Biology was important to her job. She was in a think tank. Yes. And she, she biology is important for her to, to, to state the truth. And she was and called if, a transphobe. She was called a transphobe for this. And then didn't the judge initially say that your view is not uh, acceptable in a democratic society? Yeah, and, and that kind of speaks to what I'm talking about. I mean... One thing that people may not realize, a phrase that we're all familiar with in this fight, but that people might not be familiar with outside of it, is institutional capture, you know? Yes, yes. And you'll see it in things like the NHS saying that sex is assigned at birth. Yes. When, of course, it's not assigned, it's observed and recorded. You thought the NHS would know that. You would think the NHS <laughs> would know that. But all these, all these places are kind of, it's a mixture of credulousness and you know, a fear of, of going against it. There's all sorts of things in play. So when someone smears you like that, that calls you anti-transgender, now, I mean, firstly... Well, I, if, I could just, if I could just finish uh, with, yeah. what, the thing I was going to say about Maya, but Maya and plenty of other people on the gender-critical side who are big names, none of them have verified ticks on, on Twitter. Right. And the LGB alliance that was set up to protect the... Inst- the, the uh, to protect... Uh, uh, lesbian and gay and bisexual people alone yes. with no one else. Um, they had a blue tick for about an afternoon, okay. and then Twitter just distri- Twitter just took it away again. Right. Know? Okay. So they they almost got verified. Basically. Yeah. So that's what you're up against. You're up against Wikipedia, Twitter, uh, Reddit is actually under the control of friends of Amy Challoner, who used to who used to be with Stonewall. And what you're saying here is that I mean, when you talk about institutional capture, is effectively. Big tech and all the major companies, all the, the, the public forums where these debates should be going on, yes. are controlled by people who have a particular view. And not only that, are willing to silence uh, those who have a different point of view, which almost generates the illusion that this is a, a settled matter. Exactly. That's it, exactly. Right. You know. And so when you know, Wikipedia have this information about you that's, that's wrong, I mean, well, let's put the question to you. Are you anti-trans? No, I mean, you know, one of the, one of the uh, aspects of, of, of this fight that I'm in, which, which is, the, you know, one of the most ironic is I now know more trans people than any of the people calling me transphobic, with the exception of people in Stonewall. Yes, yeah. <laughs> All they want is for the debate to be less toxic and for people to stop pretending that sex isn't real. Now, it's interesting you say that because, you know, there is this, we mentioned the institutional capture, and as well as um, taking control of the narrative around this, it also it suggests that all trans people feel the same way about yeah. this. And actually, there's a lot of division and discussion within the trans community about, about these issues. And what you're asking for, uh, and you actually, didn't you write to Stonewall to ask for uh, the toxicity to be lessened so that we can have yeah. the discussion? What happened when you did that? Three or four years ago, we wrote a letter to Stonewall. Uh, Johnny Best, who's part of an organization called Queer Up North, he's a, um, he's a long-time uh, uh, political gay activist. Uh, he wrote the letter, and it was, a, it was very reasonable. It basically just said, this is a very toxic conversation. Yes. Can we help bring down the toxicity? Uh, can we stop calling women names yeah, who, are, who, yeah. are, who want to talk about it and so on? And within the day, Stonewall said no. I, mean, I just find that incredible. I mean, I saw there was another open letter that people like James Dreyfus and Alison Moyer had signed uh, asking for a discussion. That was it. I oh, it was the, wasn't yeah. the same letter? And, and, and Alison Moyer had to take her name off it because she got such abuse. Because they've been attacked now as a result. I mean, the idea that asking for an open discussion, polite, civil 
discussion is somehow that, that makes you beyond the pale. I don't understand that. Actually. James, James Dreyfus played uh, the master in uh, audio version of Doctor Who. Mm. And recently they released a kind of every person who'd met the who'd played the master. I don't know what it was, a video or something like that. Yeah. His was the only name they left off it. So it is a kind of like, let's just erase and pretend yeah. that anyone with a contrary viewpoint doesn't exist in this debate. They did it to J.K. Rowling on her birthday. The Guardian removed her name from the birthday, birthday honours list. Yes, the most prominent novelist in the country. And they replaced her with a guy who's, uh, who's uh, something to do with the NRA, a Trump supporter who's to do with the NRA. So you see, this is, this is the uh, politics of infantilism. This, this yeah. is, you know, when I think back uh, to the comparison between, say, the gay rights movement, the difference was the gay rights movement, there were protests and, and all the rest of it, but no one said, we're going to lock you up if you use the language we don't want you to use, or yeah. we're, go we're going to attack you if you don't agree with us. We, you know, it, was, it was never that strategy, and that's why people were eventually persuaded, and that's why the majority of the country support gay rights and marriage now. Absolutely, marriage. and gay people never tried to get into spaces where uh, they weren't supposed to be in. Yeah. Like, you know, the idea that, that, that female spaces are now wide open to men is is it's absolutely outrageous. So one of the I can't understand why pe more people aren't why people aren't, aren't. If I was a woman, I'd be rioting in the streets. Well, you know? well, some of the uh, counter arguments I hear are well, there there isn't an epidemic of men identifying as women in order to get into toilets to to sexually assault women. Uh, but that's not how safeguarding works. It's no. just the minority that you have to worry about. It isn't. No one's saying. This is how trans people behave. And yeah, this, you know, the and they will always try and move that. They will always try and reframe it so that it sounds like you're attacking trans women. Yes. I'll, I'll give you a very good example. Uh, two women were fired from the, or lost their groups, uh, who ran the um, uh, girl guiding. Yes. They had girl guiding troops, I think they're called. And they both lost their jobs because they found out that under Stonewall's advice, and this is the advice that's currently in, in play, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Girl guiding has incredibly stringent rules for men mm. taking care of, of troops or, or being with troops or, or, you know, on away trips or anything like that. Those rules are, are, are very, very tight, okay? As soon as a man declares himself a woman, those rules aren't just relaxed, they disappear. But how can that be? That, I, I mean, I, I am baffled by this. It's, you know, when I, when I applied to be a teacher that I was checked, there was yeah. a disclosure and barring service check. I didn't take that as a personal insult and say that someone was calling me a, a, a sexual predator. I didn't, you know, it's, it's a not, minority. It's not, that, it's not that trans women are more dangerous. It's that if you create a sacred, untouchable caste, then mm. predators will identify into that caste in order to get access to young, uh, uh, to to young children. When you think it like like if the it, and now they want to bring in self declaration where the yes. bar is even lower. So if you if you think of what the Catholic Church, the Catholic, the abusers in the Catholic Church had to do to get close to children, yes, you know they had to they had to make it their life to to understand the scripture to serve mass yes. to 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 take on the work of a, of a of a priest and they did it they did it to get close to children and it doesn't take many to cause an awful lot of damage that's that's the thing you know the the the, the final image of the spotlight film which is about the boston uh, uh, catholic scandal is you know, as soon as a couple of people come out, the phones just start ringing off the hook. Yes. With, you know, because for every abusive man, there's going to be how many, how many, how many children had their lives ruined by Jimmy Savile? Yeah. You know, yeah. and now we're getting into a position where Jimmy Savile does not have to do anything except identify 
as a woman to get closer to his victims. So why is it you think, well, firstly, why is it we can't have that conversation? Because it seems like a sensible conversation to me that we need to have. But also, why are so many people just not only reluctant to have the conversation, but to demonise people like you who do? There's a couple of th- there's a few different things going on. Okay. Like there's people like let's let's take a good example. Uh, Owen Jones, mm-hmm. right? Owen Jones is someone who has pushed all his chips in on what is essentially a bluff. You know, he 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 claims to believe that if a woman says they're a man, then that that is a potential sexual partner for Owen Jones, right? right? That that's someone in his dating pool now as a, as yes. a gay man, right? Yes, yeah. as a gay man. So he's essentially come out as straight. He's come out of the closet again as straight, right? But he will never actually say this out loud because he knows that it's nonsense. You know? well, now that's, that's an interesting point that I think needs some clarification. Stonewall redefined homosexual on their website and in their materials. So it no longer means same-sex attracted. It means same, same gender, gender attracted. attracted. And of course, gay men are not attracted to how people identify. They're attracted to their... To male body, yeah. bodies, and similarly, lesbians are attracted to female bodies. So it's actually, firstly, it's wrong on the face of it to redefine it in that way. Mm. But what it also does is exactly what you say. It now opens up this idea that uh, gay men are so, somehow transphobic if they will not date uh, people with vaginas. Yeah. That, and that accusation, I, now, I looked into this because I, people, there's been a lot of discussion about this idea of genital preferences being transphobic. I didn't realise the extent of it. And I've, someone sent me... Uh, a, a link to thousands and thousands of screenshots of activists saying exactly that, saying old homophobic tropes, effectively saying, you don't know, you haven't, maybe you haven't found the right woman yet, or yeah. saying to lesbians, you need a penis to sort you out, basically. Yeah. So, so we are seeing the old homophobic tropes rehabilitated with a progressive sheen. Isn't that what's going on? Here? Exactly. It's the most homophobic um, uh, movement I've I've. I've ever seen. It, it beats Gamergate. It beats game. I've never saw the kind of ferocity directed at gay men and women under this. Like the cotton ceiling is a, it was where the boxer ceiling came from. Can you explain those terms? Sure. The cotton ceiling refers to the quote unquote problem of lesbians not wanting to sleep with fully intact men who claim that they're women. Yes. Right? That's yeah. seen as a problem. The, the cotton is the cotton of their panties that these, that these men can't get past. Okay. Yeah, look, I'm a lifelong lefty. We've gotten into fights online, and here I am on GB News talking about it, yeah. you know, because, yeah. because they, the, the left refused to talk about it. You know, partly out of fear, but yeah. also because they're helping spread the idea that all of this stuff is just natural. Anyone who disagrees is a bigot and so on. One of the, thing, one of the things that I think will help armor people when they get into this fight is to remember that they're, the, the, what they're trying to do with LGBTQ+, plus, etc., mm-hmm. is they're trying to make this more complicated than it is. They're, yeah. they're trying to make it seem like sex is complicated, there's more than two sexes, all this sort of stuff. All you have to do to defeat them is, is stick to what you know. Yeah. There are only two sexes. You know, intersex people are often brought up as a kind of a gotcha, but intersex people are either male or female. And actually a lot of intersex people really resent being oh, used they hate it. Yes. in this way. Again, I know loads of intersex people who are extremely offended by this, you yeah. know. But the thi- so the thing to remember is, I think one thing that happened at Stonewall, and I think it's played out in a lot of organizations, is that the trans side being basically white crossing, cross-dressing men uh, took over the organization and rebuilt it in their own image. So so when you see LGBTQ plus T and everything... The whole acronym, wherever it goes. Yeah, all you have to remember is everything after LGB means straight. 
You right. know, everything after LGB just means straight. If you're if you're after LGB, you can call yourself queer, you can call yourself trans, but usually what it means is some straight guy wants to march at Pride. People don't people don't believe that, but I, but recently Andrew Cuomo's daughter came out as queer. And when pushed to describe what she meant by that, she said, I'm demisexual, which means that I have, I can only be in a relationship with a man if there's a romantic element. <laughs> now that is actually just old-fashioned heterosexual then. Yeah. You're basically like a Victorian heterosexual. <laughs> that's well, you know, it's, 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 you know, that's amusing. That type of stuff is amusing. But what really gets me angry is when, like, the CBeebies had an interview with a, uh, with a couple, and it's a straight couple, mm -hmm. but the man identifies as a woman, and so they called it a pair of lesbians. So to an audience of toddlers, they're saying this lesbian couple, and they see a man and a woman. It's, it's so pernicious and homophobic, it, it drives and, me insane. And, and the extent to which everyone has bought into it is, is quite amazing. I saw an article today about the, the mosque bomber. Yeah. Who... <laughs> so funny. Is now identifying as... As her. a woman, yeah. And I read the article in The Independent, and it just says, and she's now saying this, and, and yeah. look at her. And it's... He's got a full beard. Massive beard, yeah. you know, and like, and I'm, you know, again, like I will always, like if, if someone transitions or whatever, I will, I will use the pronouns they want to use, whatever, but yeah. we're talking about a horrible piece of work who bombed a mosque. Why you know, are we, why are we? All the things we, all the things that gender critical women have been warning about for years. Yeah. Like, you know, predators will, will, will identify as trans, criminals will identify as trans. All of these things are turning out to be true. I mean, it makes sense that if you're going to prison, you would identify as female. It's a lot safer for you. Exactly, exactly, yeah. you know. But, like, I hear that uh, uh, female prisoners are now carrying knives, which they never used to do. They're handing out condoms in California prisons, women's prisons. What, what, what I found most extraordinary about this whole thing is that after the appalling things that happened in Rotherham, Savile, the Catholic Church, people still somehow think that everyone is just lovely and there'll be no problems if you yeah. destroy safeguarding. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, that no one will take advantage of all this. If you look at, like, that guy, he's the male, the Wales non, first non-binary actor, uh, first non-binary mayor, yes. right? Yeah. He's a white guy. He's just a white guy. And he's in a position of power. Is there anything more standard than that? But, you know, in a liberal society, I mean, I do believe that anyone should be able to call themselves what they want, dress however they want, do all the, all the rest of it. But I think it's this thing of pushing other people to automatically accept those, those it's, designations. It's, it's very dangerous as well. There's a, there's a famous sign that I've posted many times on my site, which is, um, it, it, it's a sign that, that, that was placed in a toilet. And it says something like, if you see someone in here who doesn't look like they belong, don't stare at them, don't make a fuss, don't, and it was a list of all the things you shouldn't do, yes. right? Now, if you're a young girl in a public toilet and a man comes in behind you and you saw that sign, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. They've taken away one of the few things that women have to defend themselves, which is the ability to, to make a fuss. Yeah. Now women know that if they do make a fuss, they might be the ones who get into trouble. So I think we saw that quite explicitly with the video that went viral a, a, a couple of months ago. Was it at a spa in we Washington? spa. And there's been, and, and there's a, that's a very interesting thing. They have gone nuts trying to discount that as a hoax. The Guardian even published a story that basically said it was a hoax. And what, what and happened five, in, that, in that video? In just case a people... guy, just a guy who said he was trans and he's just, you know, naked in front of all these kids and so on. You and, know? And, and the video showed the woman, a black woman, going to the desk complaining because her daughter was in the, in yeah. the room. And she's called a bigot. Yeah. And she's called a fascist. And, exactly. And, and, and we even saw... And it's the law in California. 
you know, she, 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 he is, he is, the, the, these places are now unisex. But I was, I was astonished by the reaction from the supposedly left-wing commentariat in the UK because I saw Laurie Penny saying, well, maybe the problem is that your daughter shouldn't be staring at people's genitals. And there's another thing. Why is it always, they, they, they spit, I saw that tweet by Laurie Penny, you know, why does it not occur to them that a man might actually be looking at the women? Yeah. You know? It, it, it's just like they've gone, they've all gone mad. And just to, re- to emphasise this point, you, it is a minor- it's a very small minority of people who will exploit these, the gender self-ID, but they are dangerous. You know, yeah, there's, 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 there's... I think that people will say you're just smearing all trans people as being predatory. No, no, and, but the thing is, the unfortunate thing is, like, we, we would always get that uh, thing thrown at us. But the thing is that some of the people who are predatory are major figures in the trans movement, mm. like Jessica Yaniv, Yes. Uh, also known as Jonathan Yaniv, Megan Murphy, a top Canadian feminist, is no longer on Twitter because she said that's him about him. Yes. And this was when he was using his male name. So these are abusive people who are, who are trying to control the narrative around themselves. And they're, they're you know, like I, I've been targeted by a con man who sued me twice now. Yeah. You know, now we, you know, he, he bit off more than he can chew. We've got, he's, he, you know, we've, we've backed him into a corner now. Yeah. He, he doesn't have a case. But like, I always knew that because of the way that this, this was being treated, it was a kind of a charter for con men fetishists and uh, misogynists, you know? Yes. Like, like if you look at Twitter now, you'll see a million anime avatars, right? No photograph. Mm. No photographs attached to the Yeah, I've noticed this a lot now. And they're called, she, and they have she, her in the, in the bio. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, they're just sending dogs abuse to, to, to everyone, every woman who speaks up. These are men. These are just men who've put she, her in their bio. I mean, again, when, when it came to the J.K. Rowling thing and someone collected the screenshots of all the abuse, I was shocked um, by the extent of the... Uh, I mean, they were threats. They were rape threats. I mean, it was... It she was, got a pipe bomb threat the other day. I mean, it, it's misogyny, though, on a level I, I honestly haven't seen before. Yeah. A- and, and I think it's clear. And, and, and again, it, it might be a minority, but there's a lot of them within the minority, and they're very vocal, mm. and they're very threatening. What do you think this does to the perception of trans people in society? Oh, well, you know, one of the things we're worried about, and one of the reasons why, you know, we'll often have um, trans people on the show is, is sorry, I do, a, I do a weekly podcast thing myself, and, mm. and we, we often interview trans people, is simply because, you know, they're terrified of the backlash. Yeah. And, 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 and what's worse is I think, I think gay, uh, sorry, what's worse, but what's just as bad is that I think gay people have as much to fear because all of these people are being lumped in mm. with gay people. Uh, when, when, when more of these stories start coming through, people are going to look to people like Owen Jones and say, well, you were sticking up and he's the face of, you know, gay, gay political activism. And they're going to say, well, you know, you were, you were cheerleading this all along the way. And a lot of gay people are going to be tarred with the same brush, you know. Yeah. That's why the LGB alliance is really important as well, you know, just to try and, try and kind of remove it out of the alphabet soup. I mean, it's worth talking about them a little bit because, of course, when Stonewall originated, it was LGB. And it was about because, of course, the idea of sexual orientation as something you, we need to stand up for and protect is actually unrelated to gender identity. Uh, it's a separate, I mean, you could have a, a trans body lobbying group who's, you know, protecting their rights, but actually it's not automatically or intrinsically connected to the idea of being gay or lesbian or bisexual. No, it's, 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 no it's got nothing to do with it. I'm, I've been surprised by how many people I know who, when I mention the LGBT alliance, will say, oh, that's a hate group, isn't it? Yeah. As in they've just 
because some prominent pe- people like Owen Jones have said it's a hate group, that narrative has somehow been embedded. People tried to get their charity status. Oh, you, 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 you can see the same type of thing come up again and again. Uh, there's bad people on both sides, you hear a lot. Um, uh, LGB Alliance are a hate group. Uh, you're trying to debate our right to existence. There's a lot of these phrases that you'll hear, and yeah. you hear them from various different people. They're never backed up. By any evidence. I've never seen any evidence of hateful comments from the LGB Alliance. Bev and Kate of the LGB Alliance are two kind of el- elderly lesbians, you know, who've yeah. been fighting for gay rights their whole lives. Yes. You know, Simon Fanshawe supports them, who, who established Stonewall. Miranda Yardley did yeah. a speech at their, at their uh, uh, inauguration, uh, or whatever yes. you would call it. Miranda Yardley is a trans person. But, but I think in a way this is why it is quite important wherever possible, and I know it's hard, but to keep the moral high ground and not to go into the sort of explosive rhetoric. And I think sometimes you have sure. gone into that. And and, and I, I think because then they can point to that and say... That, you know, yeah, yeah. But then again, I mean, there's been misinformation about that as well. Like the, yeah. the thing, Pink News ran a story saying that I compared trans rights activists to Nazis. Never did that, you know. Well, that's made its way onto Wikipedia, I'm sorry to tell you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's that type of thing. It's like what they'll do with this interview, for instance, is, yes. is if this gets any kind of uh, interest, they'll find a phrase or something that yes. they can use to kind of paint me a certain way. And, you know, you just have to, you just have to. One thing I realized was because there were so many pervasive lies about me, I just had to keep saying the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And, 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 Sometimes what I say may sound explosive, but it isn't really. Yeah. Like, you know, when I make fun of um, Sam Smith, Sam Smith is a pop star. He's a millionaire. He's, like, million- he he's, he's a millionaire pop star. We're allowed to make fun of pop stars being yeah. silly, yeah. which is what Sam Smith is being. You know, so, you know, we, we, we can't accept the rules that are being handed down to us yes. because they will stop us from being alive. Yes, I totally get it with Sam Smith as well. I mean, it, you know, the idea that he's in some way a victim, it is punching up when a, when a comedian mocks someone. Like, I mean, one of the things that he's I... He's another white guy. He's just a white guy, well, you know? Do you remember when he said that uh, he had an inner woman inside of him and, and he showed a video clip to show this and it was basically him dancing provocatively and pouting. <laughs> Exactly. Which, so he's basically saying that's what women do. Is it? I mean, there, there does seem to be a kind of weird... There's a lot of blokes and, and one of the things I did was... Um, I uh, I went onto the dating site uh, Her, which yeah. was supposedly a lesbian dating site, and I joined up and I called myself a lesbian, and they accepted me. They let me in, you know, um, and I did that uh, because this was being done for real yeah. by lots of men, and yes. and often the men they don't even go to the bother of putting on lipstick. They just well, tilt well, their heads. Yeah, they tilt their heads provocatively. Yeah, they it's, do that. Because all women are very coquettish. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, you know. And and that was reported as me making fun of trans mm. people, as of me mocking them. I'm not mo- the, the thing I'm trying to do is showing that, that these people are appropriating not just women's experience, but trans people's experience. You know, yeah. these guys don't have dysphoria. They don't have, you know, some of them aren't even cross-dressers. You know? So, so what do we do when when the argument is reduced to two narratives? One of which is basically a fantasy. You know, I've had arguments with people about J.K. Rowling online, yeah. and I always say, "Please, can you quote the transphobic thing she has said?" And they never can. No. And instead of you know sitting back and thinking, "Okay, well, maybe I'm wrong." You know, if I can't find any evidence, <laughs> maybe I'm wrong about this because that's what I'd do. Yes. Um, and that's what an adult does, right? Surely. Yeah. So, what do you do when? Even even the prominent commentators 
are buying into the fantasy, uh, completely doubling down on it. And I mean, is it the case, as you say, with Owen Jones? Maybe they've maybe they've invested too much to admit they were wrong. Is that maybe it? There's a there's a a, a phrase in econ- economics: the sunk costs fallacy. I've heard this. Yeah, 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 and that's what it is basically. Owen, and there's some people who who are more a victim of it than others. Like Owen Jones, I think is sunk. Yeah. Because when this all kind of shows itself to be what it is, yes. and part of what it is is a huge medical scandal. Like, you know, when these kids are detransitioning, it's going to be, I, I mean, that's the most upsetting and, and urgent part of it for me is mm-hmm. what's happening to these kids. Because puberty blockers are not a pause. They're not reversible, despite what people like that have been saying for years. But those, I'm hoping that, that it will end the career of people like that, people who have been so wrong on such a, 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 such a, a high stakes uh, uh, question, you know, and so yeah. blasé. And so and so disgraceful about about calling people bigots who are trying to talk about it. You know? And and when it comes to children, maybe it is worth exploring this a little bit because when it comes to uh, children who are saying they have gender dysphoria and, may, and you know and, and of course there's an element of social contagion w- within this as well. If you look at the rate of the Tavistock Clinic, the trans youth clinic, uh, how much they have escalated in terms of the number of referrals mm-hmm. there. And as Helen Joyce point, pointed out to me, that the, the vast majority of these kids who say they feel unsure about their gender, that it, it is resolved by puberty yeah. in the vast majority of cases. But that's not going to happen if you have medical intervention before, yeah, before exactly, puberty. Exactly. You know, there's this idea that, you know, and then they'll spin it. They'll say, oh, you're saying there's something wrong about being trans. And it's like, no, no, no. It's just that if you can avoid spending your life having to go to doctors yeah. to fix the problems that have come about because of your uh, because you've taken so much testosterone like you know i, I you see detransitioners de- in despair on twitter because they've had hysterectomies in their 20s mm-hmm. because of the complications that come with with testosterone you know it it's it's the, the idea that we can't talk about this stuff how well, dare well, they that's what Kira bell was saying in her case yeah. is that that someone should have given her better advice as a as a teenager when she was she said that it was it the Tavistock she was working with she was yeah. that, she said that they were just uh, almost urging her along this path that actually to, to slow down have the conversation a little bit more yeah she could have been saved yeah yeah and i saw i saw another young woman who said that you know she she now looks like a man she's got like like she'll have to shave for the rest of her life her jawline is different her voice is much deeper and she said one of the things that i've i've lost is that um, companionship with other women because they see me and they see me as a man and 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 i've lost that there's going to be so many stories like that because this is being sold as a panacea you know yes, yeah. and there's certain people Probably the most vulnerable people, probably the people who need the most protecting, who are um, most in danger, including autistic people. Yeah. Autistic people are heavily uh, overrepresented in this group. It's because they see a easy solution to their unhappiness, you know? Which is often brought about by puberty, of course. Exactly. You know, the best cure for dysphoria during puberty is to go through puberty. It's yeah. puberty. You know, most of these feelings resolve by the end of, of going through puberty. And the other thing is, some very important brain development is going on through puberty. And these blockers are arresting that brain development. Yeah. You often see um, these kids who've had, uh, you know, uh, blockers and stuff like this. And, and they're wearing, like, the most childlike clothes, you know. I saw one um, trans-identified uh, a woman 
and she looks like an aging man. She's in her 30s, you know? She's poisoned herself with testosterone. Male pattern, pattern baldness, you know? And she's wearing like, like a kind of romper suit Right. With, with, a, with a badge that says slut on it. These people are so confused. What do you say, though, to people who would say, well, look, the, the, the rates of uh, attempted suicide amongst trans teens are very high, and that actually to... to, to, to None of those way... studies stand up. Really? No. None of those studies stand up. The studies... One of those studies spoke to, a, I think, a, a class of about 30 peak kids. Right. You know what I mean? Also, who hasn't thought of suicide? It's it's one of the it's one of the things of going through pu of going being a teenager. I think a lot of parents because they're told this they're basically said unless you go along with this and you know and don't question it in any way your child will kill themselves. The that is the, that is the worst thing to say to a parent. That, the you know. weaponizing of suicide is the most uh, you know in many there's many unconscionable things about this but that is probably one of the worst things about it. Yes. These people want to get what they they, they like you know. Another thing you'll often see, right, is the people who are selling this most, who are selling the idea of puberty blockers and early intervention most, are fully intact males, right? Yeah. So they're, 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 they, they're, um, their uh, transness exists only in terms of what they put on in the morning. Yes. They're, how they dress. And yet they are saying to young kids, you need to get on puberty blockers immediately. It's, it's outrageous. To read. There should be arrests. <laughs> Would you ever s sit down with these people and have the, the conversation? We've tried. We've tried. I mean, as I say, we wrote that letter to Stonewall. Mm -hmm. um, something happened that I can't really talk about, that, that, but that was a kind of a, a, a meeting that, that went nowhere. Um, uh, you know, well, it just occurred to me because of what happened at the weekend in Edinburgh, and this is yes. a good example of this. So, uh, a group of women who are gender critical, women who are concerned about the gender recognition proposals in Parliament, and they've gone along and they're recognised at the pub. Mm. And the bar manager and the staff say that they feel unsafe with them being in the room. They don't harass anyone. They don't cause any problem. They're not. They're not doing anything yeah. by all accounts, even by the accounts of the bar manager, by the way. So, um, and and yet the police are called. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then you have Lorna Slater, the co-leader of the Green, the Scottish Greens, saying these women were harassing and abusing the staff. And so you have people in power just buying into this fantasy, promoting it, putting it, pushing it out there. Yeah. How can you, you know, it, how can you possibly resolve this if people are just going to effectively witch hunt like this? I'm not. I'm not sure. I mean, you know, it may sound weird, but. Like there's so many ridiculous aspects to this, like a group of women being 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 accused of making people feel unsafe because they're in a pub. Yes, that I can't really write anything about it no. in terms of a fictional or comedy sense until it's all over, because it's so mad that you just can't beat it. I mean, maybe maybe the hope is that more and more people will, will speak out or raise concerns. Yes. And, and I think every now and then there's like a tipping point. Something happens where people are thinking, oh, hang on a minute. I mean, one of the things for me was when, when I heard that at the Tavistock Clinic, there was an in-joke among staff where they would say to each other, there won't be any gay kids left. I, I've seen lots of testimonies of, 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 of trans people who say that the reason they knew is because, you know, maybe as a, a, a girl they liked football. Or as a boy, they like dresses. And there's a, there's a new children's book out, which is about a, a, a girl... Who has short hair. Who, ...who thinks she's a boy because she likes short hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are just... And that's a book aimed at kids. So what they're saying to kids is, those old 1950s stereotypes about what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman, they're are real. True. They're yeah. real. And, it, you know, then there was the... Helen Joyce pointed out to me that there was the leaked 
video of the training session at Mermaids, yeah. which had a, the sex spectrum illustrated from Barbie to G.I. Joe. Yeah. I mean, do you think, though, that the, the tide might be turning insofar as Stonewall, for instance, a lot of people are coming out, a lot of um, government departments are, are moving away from Stonewall. We've had universities... Uh, distance themselves from Stonewall and accept that they were giving misleading advice about the Equality Act, Yes, uh, for instance. Although I know, you know, the, the, the backlash has been vociferous. I mean, if you take Cardiff University, because some members of staff raised concerns about the university's association with Stonewall, students protested and they produced a leaflet with the photographs of all of these <gasps> staff members Did and they? even a little illustration of someone with a gun. I find a lot of this stuff, a lot of the rhetoric and imagery of the protesters tends to be around violence, the phrase punch a turf, kill a turf, this yeah. kind of thing. And it very, very, well, dare I say, a hyper-masculine kind it's, of behaviour. It's a male, it's a very male form of activism, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's, a, it's a violent, uh, coercive, aggressive, it, 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 there's, nothing, there's nothing female about it. I don't want to resort to stereotypes, stereotypes, stereotypes again, myself, but... I know some pretty aggressive women. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, testosterone makes all the difference, you know, and yeah. this is a very testosterone-filled... But, but do you think, though, given that more and more people are, are identifying the problems with Stonewall, including some of their founders? Mm. Simon Callow today. Simon Callow today, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Might it be the case that with more and more voices, people will just say you were a Cassandra? People, you know, you were there before and people well, just weren't listening, maybe. I, I hope so. I mean, you know, I've been waiting three years now for my friends to say, hang on a second, I know Graham Lennon, he's not a bigot, he might be, he, he might be onto something here. Yes. And no one really has. So I've been kind of twisting in the wind for three years. And, it, and you know, they, 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 they targeted my family, they, they, they went after my wife's uh, TV show, um, uh, you know, they released uh, uh, our address online, all, the, all, these, all these things. And, and no one ever kind of, no one from uh, my old comedy pals or uh, no one came along and, and, you know, actually a couple of people. Yeah. Privately. Privately, that's the way it's It's always privately, yeah. yeah. But some people, you know, they really, like James Dreyfus, he really put everything on the line and he's suffering terribly for it. And again, people are just letting him go through it. Maybe that's why you don't have more support is that people see what happens when when they support. And I understand that, actually. I do, I do. That's why you can't, you can't kind of ask people to be brave. You yeah. can't say, will you come and will you do, do this? The closest we got was when we got a few people to sign the letter supporting J.K. Rowling. Or le- it, was, it wasn't even supporting J.K. Rowling. It was condemning the death threats and rape threats against her. Which you would think everyone would be on board with. Yeah, even with that, I, there were people who were telling me they couldn't sign it. You know? Right. And they always had a great excuse. And do you feel that you've... You've lost a lot of friends over this? Yeah, I mean, I don't know which friends I have and which friends I, I don't anymore because you, you, can't, t- you can't take the, the, the psychological risk of phoning someone you haven't seen in a while and having them call you a bigot down the, end, down yeah. the, the, the line, you know? And it's, it's often because these people, they simply do not understand the issue, you know? Yes. So, yes. I, you know, what can you do? I can't, you know, you're, you're, you're calling someone, asking them to be in a TV show or something. You can't get into a long debate where you're trying to tell them about puberty blockers and about the abuse that women are receiving online because all they have is, oh, I went on to, I, I was mocking trans people. There's know? something very uh, appealing about a simple narrative because it means you don't have to really do much thinking. And when I see someone say, oh, Graham Lennon is an anti-trans person, Graham Lennon is a bigot, well, that's easy to digest and understand and then I can move on. 
that's what's happening with a lot of institutions like the police. Mm. Like the police went through the Stephen Lawrence inquiry and they were called institutionally racist. Yeah. And that really had a bad effect on them. So what they've done with gay people is they've just thought, well, Stonewall know what they're talking about. We'll just outsource yeah. all our opinions on this matter to Stonewall. And Stonewall have been telling them a load of nonsense. A yes. load of really, and so I've had a police round, one, one phone call and one visit, because of two blokes who know each other, you know? Could you just They're tell like us a mates. bit what happened there? Because I read about the, um, the, the police visiting you, and this was because of something you'd said online, isn't it? Uh, one of the, the, poli the police actually visited because, and if you have a clip of it, I'd, I, you really should show it, uh, of Adrian, Har I, I shared a video of a trans activist named Adrian Harrop being, uh, you, you had, you'd have to say trounced by Posey Parker on Sky News, yeah. right? So I shared this video and I said something like, here's Dr. Do Much Harm speaking to Posey Parker and, and having his ass kicked or something like that. Mm -hmm. The next day, the police came around. On what grounds? That was it. And it, what, it was know? harassment. Harassment to share this publicly available video. But the thing was, he knew this, he, Harrop knew this guy called, called Stephanie Hayden, uh, who is a, sorry, I better, I better be careful here because he'll sue again. But Harrop knew someone called Stephanie Hayden. And Stephanie Hayden is the one who uh, called the police on me and sued me in the same weekend. And what, what did the police say to you? Well, you know, they're looking for an easy life. You yeah, know? well, exactly. When they, when they phoned me, they were saying, do you know Stephanie Hayden? And I thought, oh, brilliant, they're going to they're gonna arrest Stephanie Hayden. But it was you they were after. And it was me they were after. Because I remember the, 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 the silly spats we had online were around the issue of free speech, actually, and what, what it was okay to joke about, really. Yeah. Uh, not to get into all of that. But, but I think... Once you've had an experience like that, I suppose you you know you must see that well, free speech is yeah. I mean, there's a lot of Schadenfreude about what happened to me. Not on my part. I no, 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 don't worry. <laughs> but but from the right, generally, and 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 I totally get that. Uh, you know, my my only excuse is that um, I was kind of possibly as um, you know as swayed by these online people who were actually lying a lot of the time and exaggerating and making me more afraid of right-wing movements and so on. You know, it, it looks now that Trump was just like a kind of a, a America having a belch rather yeah. than a real, you know, yeah, threat. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, so, you know, there were all sorts of things like this that were exaggerated. And But one thing that I realized now wasn't exaggerated, and it was one of the problems I used to have with your stuff, Andrew, was with, with Titania and stuff, was because I just thought, well, this is low-hanging fruit and it's not true. Right. Yeah, I know. I had that a lot from people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I get as you point <laughs> out, as you pointed out in your thread, nearly every single one of your jokes has come true in one form or another. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so it's actually true that these crazy conspiracy theories I heard were actually kind of, you know, the, you know the ones that would always come, <laughs> it's political correctness gone too far. But like the, the, the truth is that we're getting these every day. The tiger who came to tea is the latest yeah, yeah. example of it. Yeah, but yeah, well that, that's always been the criticism of what I do is that uh, I, I'm the equivalent of someone saying, oh, it's just PC gone mad. And actually, I was a big supporter of PC and the idea of being polite in society and all the rest. I see this as a very different thing yes. to, to PC. And I think people are... It's authoritarian. It's control. It's, exactly. It's, it's, it's trying to control speech. It's trying to control thought. I don't see how anyone could call themselves a liberal and not have a problem with that. 
well, you know, that's we're ju- it, it kind of snuck up on us all, mm. you know, like, like especially if you're in it. Because when I was in it, I really thought, oh, I'm fighting a good fight and all that sort of stuff. But now with a bit of distance, I realized that I was, I was being manipulated by people as well. Like, for instance, during Gamergate, I remember there were some just there were uh, people going after someone called Super Gamer Girl. Yeah. And I thought, oh, they're trying to drive another woman offline. And then I saw a photograph of Super Gamer Girl, and he looks like the Montana bomber. Okay, okay. Big beard. And <laughs> Big beard, huge beer gut, you yeah, know. Yeah. Just like, you know, a, 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 the exact type of person who I thought was was actually sending the abuse. Yes. <laughs> so what, then what's happened to the left then? Because, I mean, I suppose you, you, you were, you call yourself, still call yourself left-wing. What, what has happened that, that, that they've... I think Brexit and Trump, I think that the, those two kind of earthquakes... Yes. M- kind of showed them how little power they had with the general public. Okay. And they went a little bit mad. And I think they've retreated into their echo chambers where everyone agrees with them. And they've kind of done that thing of, well, I didn't like them anyway. (laughs) I didn't like the general public anyway. And as a result, you know, like because of people like Owen Jones, they lost the North. You know, they lost seats that have been safe for 30 years. Once you start smearing 17.4 million people as racist because they didn't agree with you, you know, there might be some races there, but there's not 17.4 million. There's a lot of resentment that comes out of that. Absolutely. I'm beginning to realise that too. I was very much a kind of, you know, I, I still think that, I still wish we were in Europe. But, um, but you know, I remember that thing of whenever anyone came out as being pro-Brexit, I remember really being disappointed and thinking, yeah. this is a, you know, and it was always a certain type of person. It was always people like Roger Daltrey, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and it was, it was kind of uh, depressing. But at this, you know, at the same time now, I just think, Again, I just don't know what's real and what's fake anymore because these people were lying so much. But if we did live in a culture where everyone could disagree without resorting to demonization, then those sort of misunderstandings wouldn't happen. Yeah, it's it's just it's tribalism and it's um, it's getting worse because of the Internet. It's uh, it's people, you know, it's like you said about the LGB alliance, the no, the hate group thing. Yes. You know, rather than thinking about an issue it's allowing someone else to do the thinking and just copying their homework. Yes. And so when you see things like bad people on both sides or, um, or you're on the wrong side of history or trans women are women or whatever, non-binary people are valid, whatever that means, yeah. then you know that you're, you're talking to someone who has not really thought about these issues. No, because those are just slogans. Yeah. They're, they're not, that, exactly. That's not thinking, is it? It's hard to... It's, 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 well, it's actually easy to fight against these because... They are just slogans, and you can just destroy their arguments. But the thing is, they don't, they don't get into a position where they will be challenged. Like, for instance, yeah, sure. Owen Jones refuses to talk to women about this issue. Yeah. You know, he, said, he says he will only talk to trans people about this issue. But he'll never talk to Debbie Hayton. Yeah. Because Debbie Hayton disagrees with him. Yeah. You know? So it's just, it's, a, it's cowardice. It, they know their belief system is built on nothing. Well, debate would open it up. It would fall apart, that's the problem. Can you imagine getting someone like Owen Jones into a studio and saying, can you tell me why you believe Eddie Izzard is the same sex as your mum? Yes. You know? He would would actually be stuck because he couldn't do it without making an absolute fool of himself. Yeah. But at the same time, if he said anything other than, yes, Eddie Izzard is the same sex as my my mum, he would be cancelled. Yeah. So yeah, it, that's interesting. You know, they're in a bit of a bind, but he, he, Owen Jones is just hilarious because he just keeps digging, you know, and he's one of the few remaining ones. Says, 
a lot of people have begun, have begun to see uh, yes. what's happening and they're, they're actually staying very quiet about this issue. Do you, do you see an end to all this? I mean, I know you've, you've, you've sacrificed a lot for this principle and I think I'm sure a lot of people have said you just leave it alone, right? Yeah, that um, was a constant thing. Stop talking about it. And, 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 you know, and I suppose, is, that, is it just that it's not your, in your nature to shut up when you're told to shut yeah, up? Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like, and, and I don't like bullies, you know, these, these people are bullies, you know. Yeah. The, the, the Marion Miller in Scotland is being put through a court trial for putting up ribbons. You know, it's not even, she may, she may not get convicted, but the process is the punishment. And, yes. and, and that is happening again and again. Johnny Best, who I spoke to you about, who signed that letter asking for a less toxic... Uh, 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 thing he's he went through a three year uh, process with because he had complaints about him for signing that letter and for and for and for interacting in a friendly way with me. <laughs> you so know that toxic now. Yeah. yeah, but like but like the thing about it is these people are being put through these things. The social worker who's been suspended, you know, they're being put through these things because all these institutions are captured and they can do it quietly without anyone noticing. Yeah. So I always thought my role, which is a little bit curtailed now I'm off Twitter, but it's still kind of okay because the, the substack, while small in terms of its reach compared to Twitter, is very, it seems to be, you know, people seem to, to look to it as a, as a source of yes. news on this. Um, uh, but like what I like to do is I like to say, hey, look at this person being bullied, yeah. right? This is the person bullying them and this is why they're, and this is what she's saying. And this is what this person is saying. I like pointing the, these people out to people because yeah. they don't like sunlight. They don't like being exposed. No, you know? no, and that's very important. And as you say, no one else is reporting on it. Yeah. And that's why people are going to your Substack. It's exhausting. It's like, what? But, but on a personal level, I mean, you know, it's affected your marriage, hasn't it? Which is... Well, no, it's kind of affected it fatally. <laughs> the marriage yeah. is over. But, you know, when you have the police come around and when, you, you know, people try and stop your TV shows and, and all that type of thing, which they did to her... Because they couldn't get to me because I just wouldn't shut up. Yeah. So they decided to switch tactics and go for her. But then know. when, you know, with the loss of friends, with the loss of your marriage, do you ever think, oh, I wish I hadn't bothered? No, not at all. Because it, it's one of those weird things. Because, like, the crazy thing is I know I'm right. I know I'm right on this. Mm. I am absolutely relaxed in my position because so many trans people agree with me. So many lesbians and gay people agree with me. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I think the majority generally, but they're probably it, not going to say. Well, exactly. No, I, 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 it, is, it is extremely, all these policies are extremely unpopular. Um, and it's the people who are fighting them who are getting hurt. So I, I, I wouldn't have been able to stand to one side once I noticed that happening. And, and also the whole thing about children being put on a medical pathway, you know, that's, that's really distressing to me. These, mm. these kids are ruining their lives and they're being told a lie. Which, yeah. You know, here's another example. This is, you know, we were talking about the craziness of it, you know. These young American girls who've grown up under this kind of uh, atmosphere, yeah. they're getting double mastectomies, identifying as boys, and they're going to gay bathhouses and they're expecting to join in with, with the activities there. Yeah. I, I think they underestimate what goes on in those... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I may be using the wrong term, but they they go to let's let's go hook up, yeah, uh, hook up uh, situations, yes, and they're hurt. Of they're course. being they're hurt. They're emotionally hurt because these gay men aren't interested. Because if you if you believe because they don't believe they're a straight woman anymore. Yeah, if you if you believe that that homosexuality is is just about identity, then you would be hurt by that. Yeah, and when you're confronted with the reality that it's about 
uh, men attracted to physical men. Yeah. That then, you know, that's not good for you either, is it? No. And then what are you left with? You're left with a body that's not your own, you know? Like when you get a double mastectomy, all the sensation goes from mm. here, you know? You know, it's 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 so distressing what's happening, you know, that I, I don't I don't see how anyone could be quiet about it, you know. Yeah. So no, I I would do it I would do it all again because I'm doing it for my kids as well, you know. I don't want them growing up in a world where my my daughter is referred to as a cervix haver, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So and then and then what about uh, the impact on your career? I mean, I, I we were talking earlier about Channel Four removing one of the episodes of The It Crowd? Mm. Was it just the one episode they removed? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that's just shameful capitulation because, you know, what, what can you say? Everything, this is the generation that grew up without playing outside. Yeah, yeah. And they are scared of everything and yeah. they're offended by everything, you know? And what, you know, I think this kind of cultural, um, uh, what would you call it, uh, overprotectiveness it's leaving kids very vulnerable, Yes, you know, to what life throws at them. But why is there a particular thing about this issue in terms of kids? Because, you know, I, I had a complaint when I was teaching a stand-up course at a theatre uh, because of a joke I'd told as to Tanya, and someone uh, in the class said that made them feel unsafe to oh. be in the room with me because of a joke I'd told through a character. I mean, that, that unsafe thing, I've had it the other day, a friend of mine who's a stand-up comic in Edinburgh has had complaints from the staff at the venue because of his material saying they feel their identities are being devalued by the performer on stage now it's a, it's a, it's a, i think a, one one thing that's happening is you, you might look at this as a coalition between uh, a lot of people who should know better uh, a lot of organizations that have become corrupted like uh, stonewall and uh, and a very very weird media that's yes. just gone mad but they're all in coalition with your the most narcissistic person and demanding person in your friendship group right okay <laughs> <laughs> you know that person is now telling everyone else i'm non-binary that means you have to do this blah 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 and and you know if people aren't if people are laughing at a comedian he might just decide that that's a bit too much attention for the comedian and start saying that he's uh, a bit frightened <laughs> Well, what, what, since when does humour and when? Why is this the thing that's now seen? Why is there so much humourlessness amongst these activists? That's the first thing. But also, why is humour seen as so dangerous and jokes are seen as so dangerous? Like your show would have to be removed. I mean, what do they fear that it might corrupt people? Uh, what's that about? Uh, I don't know. Channel Four. When Channel Four wrote to me, they said they said uh, people might think that Channel Four don't believe trans women are women. Well, because of your. Yeah, they might think Channel 4 believes this, you know, because some of the jokes were, were, were you know, the, the whole joke was about how this woman was still male socialised, so still liked all the things that the, her boyfriend liked, so it was yes. a perfect, perfect girlfriend for, for this guy. That was the joke, you know, so, yes. you know, I guess that's what they meant. But the thing about it is, I wrote back to them and I said, I don't think trans women are women. Trans women are, are, are men with dysphoria, you know? Yes. It's calling them women is, is offensive to me, you know? Yeah. You're appropriating, you know, the reality of being a woman. And those phrases in of themselves, I mean, um, Helen Joyce cited someone, I can't remember who, who referred to these kind of things as a, as a thought-terminating cliche. Cliches, yeah. Which is exactly right, because you say trans women are women. Well, no, trans women are, are individuals who are... Um, um, anatomically male people who identify as women. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with that if they want to do that. That's, that's the exactly. full sentence, right? <laughs> but, like, you know, if you look at... I mean, you can, you can talk about um, 
a person who's fully transitioned and you can, you know, have a conversation about that mm. in terms of what women's um, barriers are. I'm afraid those barriers are going to go up even higher now, though, because right. so much they're so angry at the way they've been treated in this. But then you get someone like Eddie Izzard. Eddie Izzard isn't a woman. He's not a woman. And, and the idea, and, and also it's so insulting he does this thing of boy mode and girl mode. Yeah, what does he mean by this boy mode and girl mode? Girl mode means he puts on lippy and a pink beret. Boy mode, mode means he's, he's, uh, he's going to a Steven Spielberg audition and he wants to be taken seriously. Do you know what I mean? Okay. It is the height of male privilege to think that you can just hop into the female experience and then hop back out and be in a, be in a TV show. But that's the logical show. end point of identity politics, is yeah. that you can just pick and choose as they're off a shelf. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. And, you know, the, the, the other thing that happens a lot is, um, you know, you bring up Rachel Dolezal. Yeah. And you say, if the, you know, she appropriated the black experience, was completely mercilessly destroyed for it. Yeah. Why is that different to a man appropriating the female experience? Yeah, yeah. It just is. So you think at the heart of it, there's a lot of just old-fashioned misogyny yeah. going on. Oh, yeah. I think this is the oldest... I mean, it's the most bizarre incarnation of it, but it's the most old, it's the oldest battle in the world. It's, it, you know, women had started to make, you know, had, had started to claim territory that was rightfully theirs yeah. by demanding certain things. And men thought, well, that's enough of that. <laughs> and they started identifying but if as women. You, if you fight, miso- how can you fight misogyny when misogyny is dressed up as a, pro- as a progressive thing? Just strategically, how can that be done, do you think? I, I don't know, just by, again, you just got to keep fighting. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't want to sound like a, I, I, it, it is what it is, this, what I'm, what I'm involved in. The, yeah. This is yeah. the fight I've chosen and that's fine. I'm going to just deal with it. But we really need more people to speak up. Simon, like when Simon Callow spoke up, when J.K. Rowling spoke up, um, it, you know, it, it's just so wonderful. It, it, it allows the conversation to happen in a more natural way. Yeah. A few more people understand the issues. It, it opens it up a little bit. But they've got to know that when they do, they're going to be mercilessly, mercilessly attacked. Well, that's the thing. But if more people speak up, then those people won't be isolated and destroyed. Like Simon Callow, I know today, they'll immediately have found out if he's in anything. They'll be writing letters to, to the theatre. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, they'll be scaring anyone. If he's got any advertising deals with anyone, they'll yeah. be writing to them. You know, so, but if, you, if enough people speak up at the same time, it's going to be harder to target them. Well, that's the hope, isn't it? That, but, but, you yeah. know, it's, it's easier said than done. It really is, because a lot of people, because I do sympathise with people who are nervous and, yeah. and the extent of it. And then and in terms of just, you know, getting back to your career, do, do, do you think that you'll ever be able to just go back to how things were in your career? I know you've got the Father Ted musical, which is written yeah. and ready to go, but yeah. this must have some kind of impact, given that activists will try and target your livelihood. As, as, as Oh, no, they, they already have. I've lost so much money. The only money I'm making now is through the Substack. You know, right. like it, like you know, and I don't even bother pitching things because I know there's so many. One thing about TV executives is they're very into fashion. Yeah. So yeah. they'll all be, they'll all be, uh, you know, I'm sure they'll all be captured. So you know, I'm just gonna wait. It's like a, it's like a, 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 a storm. You just have to wait for it to end. Yes. You know, um, but at the moment, anyway, I can't really write comedy because, as I say, when they're calling the Montana bomber, she in the Independent. How can you beat that? Well, it's interesting. You used to write for Brassai. Yes. And uh, that show would have had stuff that, you know, it is difficult to satirise now because it, it... I mean, we were always amazed during Brassai how easy it was to get celebrities to say very silly things. Yeah. <laughs> but now they don't even need 
Chris Morris there to help them out. They just they just do it naturally. Yeah. You know, you see like people, politicians unable to say what a woman is. Or, or, or claiming there's more than two sexes on television. Yeah. You know, they're just... Was it, was it Dawn Butler who said themselves. that babies aren't born with a biological sex? Yeah, I know. I think that was Dawn, what's her name? Dawn, um, the, the uh, Labour... Yeah, I thought, it was Dawn, I thought it was Dawn Butler. Oh, is that who you said? Sorry, yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. you... I, was th I had someone else in my head. Yeah. But I think, I think for a politician, a leading politician, quite a major figure, yeah. to say something that's as a five-year-old knows isn't true... Yeah. And you can see you can see it in their eyes that yeah. they're absolutely terrified when the subject comes up because they've been they've been told by their assistants or whatever you call them spads is that the word is it <laughs> I don't know uh, but yeah. but they they've been told that this is the way to go but like if you actually engage them in the conversation about it which you never can yeah they wouldn't allow it. Um, you know, they wouldn't be able to. It, it's the most. The Scottish government is about to, is trying to bring in gender recognition. Yeah. You know, and it it's it's just a complete disaster. It's already a disaster. But it's also saying that children who identify young children to the age of four who who, who tell their teacher that they're actually a girl or actually a boy that they, the parents shouldn't be told about this. Oh, and, you know. So, so so this is the other aspect that I wanted to ask you about is because it's all very well saying you know we need to stand up and make a fuss about it. More people need to be open and talk about it. But the strategy of, of taking children and saying gender ideology isn't just a like a, a religion, it's a thing that is true. Mm. Because the idea of a sexed soul is a sort of quasi-religious idea. Yes. Um, and so to say to a child, no, it's actually true. It is the equivalent of just, of just having a religious it, education for a child. And I think it's uh, abuse. I think it's abuse to, to tell kids things like that. But if now with, have we, has it gone, what I'm saying is has it gone too far that now actually it, too many schools are, are taking this on board now, and, it, and it's oh, sort yeah. of yeah, it's a real problem, you know. I, but but there's good signs as well. I've had two school governors ring me to mm. ask ask me advice on how to resist Stonewall, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I, there's there's lots of people who are fighting it. A lot of people are being quite strong in terms of you know they're not really they're not really um, encouraging the girls who are who are coming out as trans, and that's having mm. a good result as well. People. Yeah tend to drop it after a while, you know. But, uh, but yeah, it's a terrible thing to say to kids. Like the Welsh government now officially says in their kind of, uh, in their glossary of trans terms, that some people may look like men, but they're really women on the inside. Yeah. That's an appalling thing to say to children, you yes. know. And again, it goes, it goes, it, it rips through safeguarding. You know, the idea of asking, a, uh, telling a four-year-old kid that you, you can have secrets from your parents. Oh, I mean, that's... Like, if Savile came back, he would be in heaven at this type of stuff, you know? So do you think that, uh, so much of this is reduced to uh, left-wing people are on this side and right-wing people are on this, this side. But, I mean, I've certainly come to the conclusion that left and right are, are sort of unhelpful designations in these, in these culture war, whatever you want to call it, kind of debates. What do you think about it? Yeah, I think the real I think the real problem is misinformation on the right and the left. Yeah, you know we you, you, the left, the, you know we used to on the left we used to complain about uh, the lack of uh, scientific literacy when it came to uh, global warming yes. and and the sheer amount of li of of lies and obfuscation and and oh it's not so bad and if it is bad then we can stop it and all this sort of stuff you know. And we used to be rightfully outraged at that, you know. But now that the left are doing it with gender identity, yeah. this unscientific, harmful thing that's going to that's gonna create a, a huge mental health crisis in, in, in future years, how can we 
complain about the right doing it. Yeah. So the yeah. Pro so the problem I I I'm really looking forward to you know like for instance there is now a kind of um, woman's pledge uh, in all the parties the Greens. Uh, the Conservatives, Labour, they, 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 there's a very non-partisan attitude to defending women's rights. Yeah. So, you know, I'm hoping that that might be the basis for, for a movement, for a political movement, yes. you know, because one like that would have to be, we, you know, we'd have, to, we'd have to be open to all the things that we've said we want, yeah. like discussion and stuff like this. And, and so, you know, you might get a nicer kind of, nicer kind of politics. And, and I do, there's individuals now, I used to hate every person who was right way. I was so embarrassed about <laughs> it. Uh, because I just thought they, I thought, I thought you know, th th they, they're, they're global warming deniers. And they're, but it's know, reduced to good versus evil. It that was, it was. I, I, and I was, I was definitely guilty of that. But one of the other brilliant things about this fight is that it's put me in contact with Baroness Nicholson who is just a hero, an absolute hero, yeah. heroine, you know. She's literally saved kids' lives herself, yeah. you know. Um, uh, in Iraq, she did this, you know. Um, uh, you know, she's an incredibly brilliant woman. She writes letters to, written in the most impeccable, formal style that people yeah. can't ignore. Yeah. She's, she's, she's brilliant. So I'm, I'm meeting people from all walks of life. Harry Miller, who, who, who's a, a kind of, he's like the cop in uh, Life on Mars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's a proper old school, you know, yeah. more right-leaning policeman than left-leaning. But I, I hugely value his friendship and, 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 and the fellowship I've, I've kind of start, I've, I've, I've had with some of these people. I mean, I I share that experience because a while ago most of my friends were left-wing, all of them were left-wing and I tended to demonise and think well right-wing that means evil, that means bad rather than just, and you know having mocked identity politics and having so many left-wing people turn against me and then having become friends with right-wing people and I realise it's a different way of looking at the world, that's what it is yeah, it's, exactly. not, it's not malevolent Yes. it's, it's not, you know it, and also I see in people like Harry and you know people who who may have kind of uh, who may you know have have a, have had experiences that lead them to a conservative frame of mind mm. but you can see them sometimes troubled by by d d trying to work out that stuff yeah trying trying to look at their own uh, own problems and and blind spots they might have yeah. and i admire anyone who does that you know well, we should all be open to that shouldn't we to be able to you know not assume that we've got all the answers maybe we're, we're always yeah. going to be wrong about something aren't we I mean, yeah but, you know i mean it's great you know the only good thing about losing my twitter account was that it it completely wiped out all all my behavior before <laughs> the gender fight. that's quite good <laughs> it's yeah. a service right yeah yeah it's great you know but also twitter is a cesspit. <laughs> Twitter is a cesspit. But even when, you know, like uh, because of this fight, I've looked back at times when I thought I was doing good and I, I've, I've started to think, was I really doing good? Mm -hmm. I think one, one thing that this whole thing should, should teach us is that um, our, uh, we, we have not yet evolved as a species into people who can really deal with having the internet. Yeah. And, and, and someone said a brilliant thing. They said the internet is making us uh, into a species that is unable, that will be unable to create an internet. Yeah, yeah, you I know? see that. Yeah, so we're becoming so kind of used to, again... Well, we don't know, do we? We don't want, know what the ramifications of all this are. We, yeah. We probably won't know for decades. Did you hear, I saw something today that um, there's a new uh, 
viral thing that's spreading amongst teenagers where they're developing Tourette's because there's a very popular YouTuber with Tourette's. I haven't seen... So, the, uh, again, this social contagion idea. Yeah, yeah. So if that something like that can happen, maybe there can be things like thought viruses and so on, you know, yeah, yeah. which I think we, the gender debate is is, is really... Because, again, those thought-terminating cliches, they're they're kind of like a virus, you know, yeah. that's spreading uh, through our language. And, 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 we, and my limited knowledge of... of, uh, of of uh, <laughs> the way that we think and it, there's, there's the, the idea that we do actually like the easier train of thought mm. we do like not to have things explained for us rather than have to think about it and certainly don't like challenging our most cherished yes. uh, opinions and it's probably good for us all to do that every now and then well you know as I say it's just been brilliant to, to break out of you know the media bubble I was in and meet, meet people whose experiences are you know at the raw end of things, yeah. you know, the, like social workers and people who work in rape crisis centres, you know, y you don't you don't kind of experience all that without coming away very very aware of what they go through. Yeah, you know, it's harder to make it'll be harder to make jokes about any of this stuff they because, will. you know, I now know so many people personally who I wouldn't have known if it wasn't for this fight. You know, yeah, yeah. but. Um, but yeah. So there are positives as well as negatives for, yeah, yeah, for this entire thing. For a writer, it's almost invaluable. Yeah. Because I was, as I say, I only knew people in the media. And now, you know, I know policemen like Harry. I yeah. know social workers who are being fired because of me. You know, I know just a huge range of people. And yeah. that's very valuable uh, in the long run for a writer. You know? Yeah. Well, maybe this is the start of a bigger conversation. And maybe um, more people will, will be prepared to talk to you about this stuff. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Well, yeah. I... Uh, I have to thank you for coming on. I want you just to remind us of where people can read uh, your Oh yes, substack. the Substack. I have a Substack called the Glinner Update. If you Google that, it'll it'll come up. And uh, if you take out a paid subscription, you'll be financing probably the only website that does covers this uh, this whole area. <laughs> Graham Linhan, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. It was lovely to talk to you. Thank you, and thanks for joining us on the Free Speech Nation podcast. I'll see you next week.